Hey guys, and welcome to another Super GG Radio interview. I'm Phil, and we also have Alex with me. Uh, and tonight we have Roosevelt Pittman, uh, video game artist. And uh, any other titles you got right now? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I guess if you were talking about me being a video game artist, I would like to put senior video game artist. And I guess <laughs> I could also say that I'm also the uh, the, hard, the lead hard surface modeler for uh, high voltage software right now. So that's pretty cool. Um, and nice. wait, there is some more. Uh, I'm also an educator, so I consider myself an artist and an educator. So, um, so I, you got to get those titles out there. Yes, yes. I think that's it. You know, but uh, there's a lot there. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do this interview. I know we've been uh, planning this for quite a while, but things have been hectic with COVID, and you know, I've got kids, you've got kids, and I'm having another one uh, in about three or four days. <laughs> so. Yeah, things have been crazy. Uh, I should also mention to the audience that uh, Roosevelt's actually a neighbor uh, right across the way from me. Yes, yes. And we've been, you know, shouting across the field, trying to, you know, be uh, COVID responsible, social distance uh, yeah, and everything else like that. How, how's your Thursday? Yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm, wait, I'm waiting for all this to clear up so we can uh, do a couple rounds of 21 on your uh, court. Oh, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. I, you know, I'm not going to go easy on you, though. No, of course not. I mean, I'm going to suck, but <laughs> I got I got to get back. I get shake the rust off. I do got to say uh, what you coated your court with is awesome because when you guys are out there, I can't hear the ball bouncing. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good to know. So that means yeah. I can actually play at like three in the morning and no one would get mad. Yeah, I know. Because, you know, when the dogs bark across the yard, it just echoes across all the houses. And I don't hear that ball bouncing at all. So it's awesome. Nice. So speaking, uh, speaking of the, the basketball, though, how's the isolation been treating you? Uh, you know, I'm glad I got that basketball court because, you know, that's something that I've, I've done pretty much all my life and everything like that. So it's good to be able to just go out and do that and play with my kids and, and things like that. But, uh, but you know, COVID, uh, it's, you know, shelter in place, it's, it's been okay. Um, I, I think that I've been very fortunate to still be able to uh, work and be able to work from home for as long. And I know that so many people um, out there um, are not as fortunate to be able to do that and had to do a lot of different things. So I'm fortunate and grateful that I can still continue to do what I do and do what I love um, and uh, and spend more time with my kids and stuff, too. So that's pretty cool. Nice. So when you're working from home, you're uh, you're still just doing game art. Are you doing game art like on a laptop or do you have like a high end like PC at home where you do all your art like you know what exactly do you do like as far as like surface modeling and all that kind of stuff yeah so uh for me um you know i'm i'm remote desktoping into my computer at the office which is a super powerful uh workstation you know you're talking like some like a 14 core you know type of type of machine and and you know uh state-of-the-art nvidia graphics card and all that kind of stuff and then 
my workstation at home though I can flip a switch and I'm also able to do work on it um, when you know I'm just doing like my own personal projects or something like that um, so for the work stuff I'm doing like remote desktoping into a computer at my office and then for just my own personal projects and things like that I also still have a, a pretty powerful uh, setup I have like a 12 core machine I've got three monitors you know all that kind of stuff uh, Wacom tablet all of that and I'm using uh, 3ds uh, studio max uh, to do all of my uh, modeling and texturing um, I'm, I've got like substance painter uh, Photoshop 3d studio max Maya blender just a, a wide variety of uh, software that I use uh, every day to make stuff look cool who are you currently working for again? Uh, High Voltage Software. I wanted to make sure that we got the name out there. Yeah, and how long you've been there? You were there for was it uh, seventeen years? Uh, I've been there for eighteen years, going on going on nineteen years. So uh, it was uh, a job that I got uh, a year, about a year out of college. Um, I went to college in Atlanta, Georgia, and back then, uh, you know, it was just a computer animation degree but uh, it had different focuses uh, and I focused on the uh, 3D modeling side of things. And uh, yeah, I mean, I got my first gig at High Voltage. They took a chance on me. And uh, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, story uh, in itself, um, how I got hired at, uh, at High Voltage. But- uh, Oh, do tell. Oh, so, so the, thing, the thing about it was uh, back then, uh, there used to be, and there's probably still is, there's a big convention called Seagraph. And uh, at this convention, you would have like all of your major like film companies like Pixar and Sony DreamWorks and and all these different uh, uh, major film companies and effects companies and also game uh, companies. And I believe I was a junior at the time and uh, High Voltage was there because they had like this career uh, segment that, you know, different companies would have like a career fair and they would be able to look at demo reels and things like that so i went and uh talked to high voltage and um i sat down with eric Knopfinger, um and uh eric took a look at my work and i gave him a big long spiel about all this cool work that i was going to do when i graduated i was going to make like this super amazing animation of this girl riding on this motorcycle and then she was going to fight some guys and she was going to jump off and she's going to kick down this door and, and all this stuff. And he was like, wow, that's pretty ambitious and stuff. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And the next year I kind of did that. Uh, and I went back to that conference and he kind of saw it, but the work was, was pretty good, but it wasn't the, the greatest. So I got a chance to see him again. And uh, he was like, I think I got something for you, but uh, nothing panned out. You know, it was like I thought I was going to get a chance to work on a basketball game, which was NBA Inside Drive uh, 2003. Mm -hmm. So basically within that year's time, this, the conference came back around and uh, I had already been graduated from uh, the Atlanta College of Art, which is now the Savannah School of Art and Design because Savannah School and Art Design brought my school in Atlanta. So I instantly oh, yeah, became yeah. kind of like alumni of SCAD. Uh, based off of that but uh, basically I was selling uh, magazines over the phone I was calling people's houses harassing them being a telemarketer and stuff and I was like I gotta be able to go do what I want to do which is basically 3d model 
and the Seagraph convention came up again in San Antonio and I spent the last bit of money that I had to, to fly out to San Antonio, um, walk for like an hour to get to a trolley stop from my cheap hotel um, and catch a free 20, oh, it wasn't free, it was like 25 cent trolley to the convention center downtown in San Antonio and uh, met with high voltage again. And this time, you know, Eric was there and he walked past the line of all of us potentials in that line. And we all have got our demo reels and our portfolios and we're all hopeful to maybe try to get a job in the industry or just get a job with any company um, because that's how competitive it is uh, for art. And he walks by and he says, hey, you're Roosevelt. You know, it's good to see you, man, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wow, he, he actually remembered who I was. And uh, some of the other guys in the line are, were looking at me. It's like, oh, they already know who you are, man. That's cool. And I literally sat in that little small room uh, with him. And he asked me what I was doing. And I showed him my work. And he was like, your work looks pretty good. And I said, I've been trying to, you know, get in this industry for a while. I, what I have been doing is selling magazines over the phone. And I've tried, probably tried to call you and sell magazines to you. Um, and then we laughed. And he was like, I think I got something for you. But this time he did. And it was pretty much the, the best news I ever had. I think I might have just did a backflip or a somersault in my mind at that, <laughs> at that particular nice. point in time um, and stuff. And the rest is history from there. So I got my shot working on uh, NBA Inside Drive 2004 uh, with Shaq on the cover. Nice. Wow. That sounds like uh, some Sylvester Stallone type stuff when he was uh, starting off in the, in the movie industry. He was living out of a uh, little... Uh, you know, really bad apartment writing movie scripts, you know, basically for himself and trying to sell the trying to sell these scripts to people uh, who would actually pick up his movie so he could star in them, you know, and using the last bit of his money to try to get his career going. You know, that that you know, there's a lot of parallels there. And, you know, you made it happen just like he did. Um, also, I wanted to say uh, that video that you're talking about. Uh, a girl riding a motorcycle and causing all kinds of havoc. I, I couldn't help but think about uh, that Prodigy music video. Oh, <laughs> you know which one alex uh i do yeah Definitely. yeah i'm like that that sounds exactly like that <laughs> yeah you know I, I you know i was inspired by so much stuff back then um and everything but uh you know i've just always been a person that you know just really loved cool looking stuff cool art and stuff like that and started right. really uh digging a lot of you know comic books and things like that and then when i heard about this this industry of computer animation i was like what you mean i can draw something and then i can make it in 3d and actually make it move like mm -hmm. i'm all in on that yeah yeah you talk about comics alex and i know all about that <laughs> yeah it's cool that you were you were able to kind of stick to it and just kind of like well this is what this is the path that needs to happen, uh, especially going all the way to you know Seagraph uh, and just trying to, you know, take it like going the ex like going a full you know hour just to get to a trolley and doing this whole thing. It kind of speaks a lot to your character of like this is what I want to do and this is as far as I kind of want like I will do whatever it takes from there. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, it's it's an important trait to have, especially when you're uh, trying to get in a very competitive. Uh, industry and uh, for me it just wasn't a lot of examples where I grew up I'm, I'm originally born and raised uh, in St. Louis Missouri and uh, mm -hmm. just where I grew up and just the, the examples I had around me you know there was no one that looked like me that was uh, actually uh, making video games or anything like that I mean pretty much 
like if you were going to go out and be successful and have a great job to take care of your family, you know, you just really had to follow this this track of do well in school, uh, go to school, go to college for, you know, engineering, uh, you know, uh, art, accounting or be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. And, you know, by the graces, there was a an art teacher that saw some potential in my artwork um, and was like, you know, maybe you could go to art school. And stuff. So it was really taking a big risk and a, and a huge chance. And I've always been really, really competitive. So once I just made a decision to enter this career in this field, I just surrendered to it and was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be successful at this no matter what. So I was willing to put in the work, willing to put in the hours, um, despite not having those examples. Because I think there's a, there's this thing from, you know, I played games, you know, all my life. You know, I played, yeah. you know, I. The, that day I got the Nintendo for Christmas was like the best, <laughs> yeah. the best day of my life. Like I, I even got a photo of that um, here, still at the house, where it's like the blue shag carpet up under the Christmas tree and stuff like that. And I got the crazy haircut, and I've got that Nintendo Power Plan uh, magazine or, or poster that came with it with the robot and everything. And um, oh man, it was just it was just great. But I never thought for a second playing all those games and trying to beat all those games. And I mean, I played like a lot of games until like my thumb was hurting. I had Nintendo thumb. I had all of that. Mm-hmm. I was gonna I was gonna ask is that like is that kind of what got you started? Just getting the the, the Nintendo on Christmas morning, or was there somebody else kind of leading you the way? Did you have like an uncle or a sibling that kind of was like, hey, or you should try video games? No, no, it, it wasn't. It was just, you know, um, I, I had a cousin that, you know, not from the standpoint of being a content creator. You know, I think there's a, a difference between like being someone who uses content, just a, a user, just being a, a user playing the game, but actually mm-hmm. being someone that wants to make the game and understand that. I think yeah, that entirely. that's a I think that's a different thing. And there was no way that I was thinking in my mind at that time when I put so many hours into Zelda and Metroid and section Z and all of the, mm-hmm. and all of those games, it was no way that I was like in my mind thinking like, Oh, I'm going to make these games one day. I was just really enjoying playing them, you know, um, and right. stuff. So it, it took a little bit of a, it takes a different kind of mindset and it takes a, a, a different, uh, uh, I guess, thought process to go from that of being a content user to being that of a content creator. Right. And what kind of games do you really like? Because it sounds like you've played just about everything, but like, is there a specific genre that you really feel like speaks to you or, you know, like, do you play like straight up uh, third person shooters, RPGs? What, what's what's your go to? I, I like I like to, uh, you know, and in these days I don't play as much um, for for fun as I would as I would like to um, just simply, you know, life and work and being a dad and and spending so many hours behind the computer just making the game that mm-hmm. uh but the games that i really really enjoy are um just action adventure games uh, i like platforming games i like uh games with a good story like i like um playing games like uncharted and i like you know last guardian and shadow colossus and ico and all of that i I really like uh, God of War. I like being able. Right. To, I like being able to see my character. I like being able to puzzle solve. I like being able to fight uh, and stuff like that. I'm not a big, yeah, I mean, big like multiplayer online gamer. Um, I just kind of like to have an experience when I play. 
and then be able right. to walk away from it and be like, oh, I really like that. Almost like watching a good film. Yeah, I'm hearing Assassin's Creed here. That that, that was what I was picturing when you were talking about all that. And uh, like Watch Dogs, you know, those kind well, of games. Like, see, I was going like Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Great game. And it's like I got those games and some of them, like I start them and I don't get a chance to finish them. But I, I've got so many games in my queue that I, that I just really need to, to sit down and play. And it's really around Christmas time when I take a bit of time off that I, I get to actually maybe play through some games here and there. But but yeah, I'm, a, I'm more of an action adventure type uh, gamer myself. Nice. Yeah, I totally feel you about, you know, trying to find time. Um, I don't know. I, I had to put the kids to bed before I, you know, try to get my uh, system up and going for a recording session. And, you know, usually it's about that time after I put them down to bed that, you know, I'm tired and, you know, I'll try to muster up the strength to play maybe about 45 minutes of something. And then usually by the end of that time, it's hitting about uh, quarter to 10 and my eyes are just like closing on me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, all right, time for bed. See, I got one coming, so I'm actually going full steam. Like, I need to play everything all the time. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> and you know what? You'll you'll probably be up late at night on that late night shift. So between yeah. uh, the poop, cleaning up the poop, and uh, feeding and giving the bottle and all that kind of stuff, you'll have plenty of time to play your games. That's kind of the plan. Yeah. That's kind of the plan. The Switch has been a pretty good go-to. I've been loading that thing up for a while. <laughs> nice. Now, uh, what notable projects have you kind of been like working on wow. like, over the over the course of your career? Well, you know, uh, man, it's so many titles. I think I've shipped over over twenty plus uh, titles um, over the. Wow! Congrats. Yeah, yeah. That's it's not easy to do. You know, a lot of games don't get a chance to come out and things like that. But uh, I've been really, really fortunate uh, working with High Voltage to be able to uh, ship a ton of games. So. Uh, I think, you know, among my favorites, I mean, definitely NBA Inside Drive 2004 was will always be one of my all-time favorites because not only was it the first game that I made, but I'm also an unlockable player in that game. Um, if oh, you, really? Yeah, if you use the, uh, the password ice cream, uh, you unlock the whole dev team. Um, nice. and, and our characters are in there and I've got like a 99% rating. I dunk on everybody. I make every three. You know, it's just kind of crazy. And that's how, how much it, input of that did you have? Uh, a lot. And it's just like real life. <laughs> it is funny because the lead designer of that game has been the uh, is the lead designer at uh, 2K uh, for uh, for uh, 2K NBA 2K. So uh, that's pretty cool to uh, have a chance to work with him on NBA Inside Drive back in the day. Um, nice. So you know, is that game um, also? <clears throat> There were just games from uh, just an experience standpoint um, that I got to do, like uh, Iron Man 2 for the Wii and the PSP. Um, okay. That was really cool to do because uh, working on that game, I was the lead artist, and I got a chance to, to go to Marvel Studios in California, and I got a chance to read the script before the movie came out. And, nice. You know, it was just really, really cool <laughs> experience. I didn't get a chance to meet... Uh, any any of the actors or anything like that they were uh, but I did get a chance to walk the set and stuff and and that was just an amazing experience uh, you know being the lead artist on that project um, let me see this there's some more here I mean like uh, Damaged Core remember, and Conduit are also good ones too I remember us talking about uh, you working on uh, Saints Row 4 yeah, so uh, Saints Saints Row Four, uh, you know, high voltage. Uh, we uh, had a chance to uh, work with uh, Volition 
um, uh, towards the end of that end of that uh, end of that that particular game, Saints Row Four, uh, and that was just a really really uh, fun experience because those characters in that game I really really liked a lot, um, and I got a chance to just uh, do a little bit of stuff with that and help them out. Um, and then um, that really uh, paved the way for us to be able to uh, work on Saints Row Got Out of Hell, which I got a chance to do a lot more for that one um, and stuff and worked on environments uh, for that particular for that particular game. Wow. Yeah, I have all that. I have the Get Out of the Hell, uh, Get Out of Hell. I have the, uh, the was it the Christmas uh, DLC. Yes. All that stuff was a lot of fun. Yes, we got to do some stuff on the Christmas DLC as well. So. That was that was just oh. really really cool, um, and uh, the Internet Dominatrix uh, DLC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the Christmas DLC and, and also both actually the Under the Dominatrix DLC. I laughed my ass off the entire way playing it. Yes, it was just so much fun. Yes, that uh, the the dildo throne. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I had to do that model there. but uh but yeah those were all those were all really cool uh that was that was super awesome to be able to uh work with uh volition on that and uh and and stuff that was awesome to do and be a part of now with a with all you kind of mentioned before are there any projects that you can say that have been canceled that you kind of wish weren't if you can't i understand because maybe you know something they'll want to bring it back up for another attempt but in this case, I'm, as, I'm more curious if there has been any that you can talk about that you wish that had come to fruition. None that I can talk about, but like I, I could definitely say there have been projects that I thought would have been amazing uh, to work on and be a part of, but they just didn't. It just didn't work. But I can't, I can't speak to what those are. But I mean, that's something that's you know typical in the, in the industry that yeah, some some, pro- some projects come out and some some don't. Um, and stuff for different reasons, but uh, but yeah, I have my share of those. I, I wish I could say, but sorry, I can't. No, I've heard of, I've I've heard some good projects uh, that developers have talked about. They're like so close, but uh, just not couldn't quite get there, you know. Yeah. So uh, so during the pandemic, you guys have been uh, pretty busy, still trucking along as far as projects are concerned. Yeah, still trucking along, <clears throat> still still doing what we do. Um, we actually. You know, High Voltage has uh, two studios. We have uh, a studio in New Orleans, in downtown New Orleans, and then we have uh, our studio out in uh, Hoffman Estates, uh, which is in the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Um, so, um, yeah, we're all pretty busy. Both studios have been working from home since April and stuff and uh, working on projects, but I can't really say a whole lot about that. Yeah. When did you, when did you uh, move to the Chicagoland area? Uh, I moved, you know, I was living out South in 2002 when I first started, um, at, at high voltage back in October of 2002. Um, and then I mm-hmm. moved out to like the, uh, Northwest suburbs, uh, maybe, you know, in 2002 as well. Uh, maybe like about five or six months after, after living out South. All right. Yeah. Cause I've been, uh, I've been here, uh, just, uh, 10 years now, so and uh, I think uh, you were here, what, uh, like eight or something like that? So, or, or maybe I'm misremembering that. Oh, just in, well, just in here in this neighborhood, I've been here, I guess, 10, 10 years. Uh, 10, okay, about 10 years. Yeah. So, yeah, you were we were moved in right around the same time. Mm-hmm. 
So you uh, said that uh, you were an educator. Uh, uh, I remember you talking about you were part of uh, like an outreach program. Yeah, so one of the things that's, that's really important to me is that, uh, you know, it's not a, it's not a lot of, um, it, it's not a, the, the game industry is trying to be, you know, definitely conscious about being more diverse. Um, and, you know, I think back to, you know, growing up in St. Louis and not having any um, examples of, uh, of, of people like myself actually, you know, making games and having successful careers in it and things like that. And I think part of it was it just, I just never saw it. I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't know that it existed. So through these uh, art organizations, uh, these nonprofit art organizations like Marlin and uh, High Park Art Center, um, and El Abarte, um, uh Art Center, these different organizations have given me an opportunity to, you know, teach digital media and teach uh, 3D modeling to youth. Um, and I primarily do that with uh, high school students at, uh, at Marwin, for example, and I'll teach them how to uh, basically make, you know, game art the same way that I do um, in, in 3D model and texture things and light things. Um, with software like Blender, which is absolutely free, that anybody can just go to blender.org and download and begin uh, training themselves on how to do some of the same things that I do. Um, and I do that in hopes that I can inspire uh, someone, um, inspire youth to uh, go down a path that can be as rewarding um, and, and kind of give them a leg up. Like, so if they were to go to school um, and try to pursue this, they actually already have experience like modeling things and, and texturing things that they have like a little bit of an advantage there. All right. Very nice. Yeah. That's a, that seems like a very, it's, it's a way to kind of give back to something that you felt like you were missing as you were progressing in your own career. Yes. We, we have worked with, a with, uh, in previous times, uh, game heads, uh, a, a non-for-profit that was actually helping, uh, with a very similar thing with, uh, trying to, teach people from the inner city just students how to develop games and what their process was and we actually had brought three games specifically onto our episode just to kind of give it give the the organization a little bit more exposure what is the do you uh, what is the name of your uh, organization or what the organization you're part of so uh one of the organizations that um that i've uh, taught at is the organization called marwin um, and okay. Marwin is a nonprofit uh, arts organization um, in um, Chicago in the River North area that's that's well known. Um, and I'm just I, I'm just one of the many teaching artists there that's uh, focused on trying to you know bring quality art education to uh, youth throughout the city of Chicago. So these classes are free um, for anyone any any uh, CPS. Uh, student or any or any anyone in the uh, any any student in the uh, Chicago uh, uh, public area or Chicago zip code, uh, they get to take these classes uh, for free, and um, it's been really rewarding to work with youth and and, and such a great organization um, and offer those types of classes. Nice. I think uh, yeah, we'll look. Uh, we could post the website on the Super GG Radio uh, website and you know and plug the organization. And, you know, try to get the word out there that, you know, there are options for people who, you know, may not, you know, see it there and uh, that they can uh, take this stuff for free and, you know, make a career, make a future out of it. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's really, it's really, really a great uh, organization. And I would say uh, middle school, like sixth, sixth grade, seventh grade, all the way up to high school seniors, there's so many different types of classes offered. It's like over 20 different uh, types of uh, art programs offered from photography to, you know, uh, 3D modeling, like what I do and animation and painting and sculpture and all that stuff. So it's really, really a fantastic organization. Now, with that, you're also a, fac- a faculty member at Columbia College Chicago. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So uh, I am. Um, I've been uh, teaching at Columbia College since uh, 2015, um, and I've been a part of the interactive arts and media department. So um, the one class, I just teach the one class uh, with as busy of a schedule as I have. Um, mm-hmm. The class that I teach is a basically a, a intro to like 3D modeling course uh, in Maya uh, to, you know, basically for game art majors. So I'm like their first stop for really uh, beginning to wrap their head around like modeling and texturing and, and lighting and, and getting asset into like a game engine like Unity or Unreal. Okay, okay. For things like that, I mean, what do you think? Uh, what do you feel like has been the biggest challenge when going from project to project, as far as developing uh, graphics or an environment? Uh, challenge for for me personally, or just challenge for like maybe someone trying to learn it. Oh, I mean, for you personally. Uh, I mean, for me, uh, because you know, High Voltage um, has been a company that. You know, we've been able to work on a lot of different uh, art styles and a lot of different types of games. So, you know, each game that we work on, it's like a new adventure, you know, and it's like uh, something that we're all figuring out how to nail that art style or how to uh, make things reach the uh, the aesthetic that we're looking for or uh, support the narrative of the story that we're trying to do. Um, and each of those presents like its own challenge at first. Um, but once you've kind of like solved those issues and you solve those problems, then it becomes pretty much smooth sailing, at least from the art side uh, after that. But the challenge, the initial challenge of nailing that art style, um, meeting the performance uh, requirements. So so like a good example is uh, we worked on uh, Damage Core uh, for the mm-hmm. Oculus Rift. And yeah. this was a virtual reality game. And this was, uh, I believe, one of the first first-person shooters for the Oculus Rift when it first came out. And we actually got some awards on it um, for, you know, how clever we were uh, with the design and the gameplay, and the, and people really enjoyed the gameplay. And, you know, the challenge with that game was that uh, we had to make sure that it was 90 frames per second, you know. Ooh, and yeah. making a game at 90 frames per second consistently uh, can be a challenge and have it still, like look really really cool um and have nice graphics and and good performance and all that stuff so that was a that was a challenge uh within itself but one that we met as a as a studio and as a team and we got a chance to get some awards for how great of a first person shooter that was so that was your first foray into uh vr yes yes mine yes Nice. So, have you done any? Have you done, have you delved any deeper into VR? Uh, well, as you know, high voltage. We we also had like a uh, Dragonfront, um, which is another uh, VR game that we've done. But uh, me personally, uh, the Damage Core uh, project was my my first extent and real extent um, doing like a VR 
uh, game. Um, and I worked on the environment uh, for that. And that was super, super cool. Um, and having the, the Oculus ripped at my desk and, and being able to test it and play it. And I mean, there was definitely a moment where the game really came together and we were like, man, this is fun. Like, this is really, really cool. I can only imagine just using that Oculus Rift that you're just like, dude, I'm totally making virtual reality. I'm making a world. And it's, you know, just because people playing it are like, just, dude, this is so awesome. This is, you know, uh, first time anyone puts on anything that's VR and just, you know, able to look around into the environment are just usually in shock and awe. And then, but to be a, a person that has to create it and then see that vision come to fruition, yeah. that's got to be quite a feeling oh yeah it was it was amazing i mean it's definitely like like that that game uh damage core like I, I think anyone any type of gamer can pick that game up and like dive into it and immediately uh be immersed in that game and, and have fun uh playing that game and, and one of the cool things about it that we did was since you're like this uh mankind's last hope <laughs> you know to save the world and everything like that you're a virus that was created and you're hacking into these robots and these other computers so that's how we actually uh have movement throughout the game so like you can hack into that security cam and look oh and jump, see jumping around from body to body yeah yeah so th- that okay. that was uh that was a, a cool thing that we had did that uh, that got some um some cool nods from the industry uh for for how we were doing that as being one of the first uh first person shooters for the oculus rift I found that VR has been trying to solve the movement problem still to this day, like trying to figure that out. Like, what do we do? How do we make, do we use the sticks? Do we tell, do the teleportation? I think the, the, one of the more interesting ones I saw was there is a game where you're a spy in a kayak mm-hmm. and you're going around doing sneaky spy stuff, just, like where everything that was, that you needed to do was just off the river and you had to like shoot out lights and shoot cameras and, sneak around and grab stuff from like people who aren't paying attention but again all while being on a stealth kayak cool sounds like pokemon snap but in vr and a gun (laughs) (laughs) yeah so was it was the was the river so the kayak was kind of like a it was like a rail so it was pretty much like a rail that you just floated on and then you just did stuff no in fact you would paddle yourself oh okay there you go that way the movement is so much more fluid because it's only based on your hands oh wow Oh, okay. I gotta say, uh, Dragonfront uh, being hailed as uh, Magic the Gathering, but in VR, and the way the the animation looks when you cast these spells, it it's looks fantastic. Yeah, that was that's another like great game that uh, that we've done. I didn't get a chance to do too much for that one, but uh, but yeah, we it's just the test of like how. You know, uh, high voltage. We've just been able to work on so many different things over the years. That's just been really cool to be a part of that studio. Now, to kind of veer off a little bit, I don't want to go too far uh, off the trail here. But, um, and you had kind of mentioned before, you didn't see a whole lot of people like yourself. As um, as a person of color, do you feel like the representation has kind of grown, or do you feel like you're trying to do your part to try to make it grow? Of course, but. Do you feel like it's gotten any better at all? Do you feel like you see people more like you, represented both in development and in the stories we see in these games? Yeah, you know, um, I do think that uh, I am seeing more and more um, people of color uh, get into uh, creating video games. I mean, you've got a uh, indie 
you know, scene that's really, really uh, robust. Um, a lot of people, you know, have access to the tools and can make their own games, can, can code their own games, uh, you know, create content for their own games. And I, I see that growing a lot. Um, so it's, it's stuff outside of the, the commercial realm that um, people are, you know, really diving in and trying to make their own game and tell their own story. So I, I am seeing um, more and more people of color in the industry. Um, you know, there, it still needs to be more. Um, of course. Uh, and everything like that. But, you know, I am seeing, like, even in my classrooms, you know, I'm seeing more and more uh, people of color, you know, come through and really take um, this, this an opportunity to try to get involved in this industry. And that's on, on various levels, whether it's designer, uh, programmer, um, you know, artists like myself, um, you know, so I think any any time that we can kind of get more and more awareness of it, you know, the better. But uh, I have seen, you know, do I do I think that it's enough? No. Um, but is it making progress? Yes, absolutely. And the fact that now it's way more accessible is it's going to be an amazing thing. Um, my son Enzo, who's starting first grade uh, tomorrow, we create that uh, little sign for him. You know, I'm you know my name is you know whoever. Um, I'm starting first grade, second grade, whatever. And uh, so far every year, it, uh, we're in the section that says, "When I grow up, I want to be you know this." He said scientist, but this year, because he said scientist was a kindergarten and a second year kindergarten, but uh, this year he said he wanted to be a video game designer. And that kind of surprised me. Wow. And, yeah. and I'm like, oh, good for him, <laughs> you know? Because yeah. he plays a lot of video games. He loves Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. He's been playing the Ghostbusters game for uh, 360 lately, and it just never occurred to me that he actually wanted to try to design these things, and it's... You know, I, I had a, a, a proud moment there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like, you know, that's that's really awesome to hear. And it's awesome to see um, and stuff. And like even my son, you know, he's he'll he'll be entering the first grade as well. So our sons are the same age and he, he wants to he wants to make games, you know, and he he plays. He's got a switch in his hand all the time and he's he's playing on he's playing a lot i almost want him to get out there on that basketball court <laughs> with me sometimes yeah. with me sometimes <laughs> but but i'm not going to force him out there you know he's he's really happy in a happy place with his switch and and playing you know all the games that he has on there and it really makes me smile to hear him say that you know hey i want to make games too that you know so that's that's awesome i i, I understand your feeling with that yeah so I, I will be getting your kids Mario Maker 2 <laughs> uh, for Christmas, Phil. Nice. I'm sure they'll love that. Um, that'll be something that uh, they'll be handing the controller to me and say, hey, Dad, can you get me to do, can you help me do this? And I'll show them how to do it. And then, you know, a couple hours later, they'll be just running circles. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Me and my son will play uh, Unravel 2 uh, together and stuff like that. It's just, you know, have you ever played that one? That's pretty cool. I have not personally, you know. Yeah, so it's like you're 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 uh, these yarn characters, and you can you know kind of pick the color of your yarn character or whatnot. But you're tethered to each other, so you go through and you you know you go through and solve all the puzzles within the. Oh game. no, yeah, Alex, we played that at your house, right, with the boys. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I uh, forgotten the well, name. Well, no. This is uh, was it was it called again? I, I think it's Unravel or something. Right? Unravel, yeah, yeah. Unravel. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, the name didn't ring a bell, but then, yeah, well, last time uh, I was over there with the boys, we were playing, and Dominic was just killing it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a pretty good, uh, yeah, that's an indie title, isn't it? 
Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. So how are you of, feeling about the? Uh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, how do you feel about the uh, indie game scene lately? I think it's great. I think I think you know, uh, you know, people being able to make their own stories, make their own games, uh, and and make these smaller games and get them out there to the world. I, I think it's definitely uh, something that I've enjoyed. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't made any indie games. Obviously, you know, working at high voltage, you know, I'm always working on on a on a, on a bit larger scale game, but. I appreciate the, uh, the the indie titles that are out there, and I think that you know I, that the growth in that is 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 great. You know, um, it's giving a lot of people a chance to tell a story interactively, and I think that as, as an artist, you know, the more uh, stories and the more people that have access to be able to uh, create them, you know, the more diverse uh, the creators become, and then the more diverse the stories and content becomes as well. Especially with the the capabilities to have a single person team or having, you know, a small group of like, what, four or five, ten people put together a project that ends up being something that no, no AAA company would ever take a look at, would never try to take a risk on or and, and just come up with these new and exciting, not even just, I know, tell their own stories, but I like when they try to do something different in mechanics that I've never seen before, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And especially when you have like the the sleeper hits that come out of nowhere, like Untitled Goose Game, or you know, um, or uh, like Gang Beasts. You know, those really fun to play games, and people are just like, "Wow, this is actually really cool." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that that stuff, and the fact that those games can exist because we have like a good, you know, indie. You know, uh, uh, market and, and and indie you know platform for it because even at uh, you know conferences and stuff like that, there's space for the indie developers and things to, to thrive. And I think that the, the the gaming community as a whole is, is pretty fantastic um, in being able to uh, embrace all the different types of games that can be made and, and understand the importance of it. Yeah, and especially again, like you said, being able to tell your own stories. I mean, and just culturally expand uh one of my co-hosts has recently just picked up raji an ancient epic on the nintendo switch and it's it's it plays a lot like the old god of wars but the story is ancient for uh, indian folklore yes nice so it's it's kind of interesting to to be able to what he the way he put it was i want to learn what this other culture wants to tell me i want to learn about these ancient stories that they tell them tell them their kids and their culture but i i'm playing it with god like god of war and it's just fun to be part of that and just be part of their culture and to listen and see what they're saying you know yep absolutely i haven't seen just a little bit of that in like some of the shimagami tensai uh series where you see like these deities that come from uh that culture and that's the good thing about the shimagami tensai series is you're dealing with uh deities and spirits and demons and creatures from so many different cultures from christian culture from uh hindi uh from germanic uh norris uh, norris norse uh, mythologies and you know Japanese, Chinese, even like American culture. There's so many different uh, elements that they incorporate into it, and the best part is each one of these beings that are that you can summon in the game. They have a bio, and I've read every single one of them, 
And it's just like, wow. And then I would do more research on that person and the stories that they've been involved with. And I've learned so, so much about uh, other cultures through that. And it was just, you know, such a great feeling to say like, wow, I'm missing out on a lot. And when it comes to like, uh, like uh, Indian uh, culture, like the, the ancient, um, uh, the Hindu religion, all the tales, there is a lot there. Yeah. Now, uh, just to kind of wrap up our, our what we're talking about here as far as like indies are concerned are you working on any side projects at all no no unfortunately like uh you know the only side projects and things that i do are just pretty much experimenting with uh new techniques and, and software and things like that um i i just <clears throat> you know contractually i don't believe i can i can take on any uh, side projects to uh, to to work on, but then also you know it's just a, that time, you know I, I'm right. not I'm not able to to really uh, do that. So a lot of the things that that uh, I do in my in my spare time is like uh, just work on my own personal like modeling um, projects and experiments, so I can just keep up to date with uh, the new techniques and 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 methods to make stuff make kick ass art. You know, just make shit look good. Right if, now, to go to, to go along with that, have you looked at ray tracing? Uh, you know, yes, I've I've seen like uh the the new like um, um Unreal uh, engine and how they're taking advantage of that. Um, they had like it was like a, a video on the web uh that uh, that showed like showcased like the highlights of, of the upcoming engine, the new updates with it. And I think all of that is really, really amazing. Um, you know, it definitely uh, catches catches my eye and makes me, you know, excited about you know the potential of what I can do from an art standpoint um, and how much detail that I can input into things and how the rendering and the lighting can all come together to uh, to show that in uh, real time. So I'm really, really excited about all of that and um, looking forward to to being able to do more more stuff with it. I need a whole new video card to support that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one of the things. Games are at the cutting. Games are at the cutting edge. So, yeah. you know that and stuff. And I mean, like, you know, one of the things is like, it's such a it's such an interesting challenge. You know, compared to film. You know, I mean, obviously with film, you know, you can just you know hit the render button and it may take a week for you know it to render. But like the, the challenge with, with games is that it's all interactive in real time. So to be able to make something look super detailed and amazing um, and, and, and have you know, so much power in it just really, really excites me. I will say, though, now uh, with uh, how much uh, CG has been incorporated into uh, like Hollywood movies and special effects and all that stuff. Now they have movies that they're releasing updates for, like patches. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So I know this is an audio podcast. Blink twice if you got your PS5 dev kit. <laughs> got it. Got it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's funny. Have you seen the way that thing looks? It looks like a tower. I, I don't have it. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I know I won't be able to afford it for quite a while. Yes, I I, I love my my PlayStation Four, and I I, I will definitely be a, a uh, day one, you know, PS Five owner. You know, I you know that's just 
that's just the way that it is. I mean, I, I, it's on. Uh, it's up for pre-order now, I guess. Like, but they don't tell you the price yet. Yeah. yeah. See, I I know for a fact that I will have to kiss a lot of ass <laughs> to <laughs> to to justify the price of that. Oh, it's all in. I'm all in. You could just give your yeah. you can give your kids the play, the the <clears throat> PS4. And then just say, yeah, you know, we they can they can finally have the PS4 and it's got everything they need on it. And then you just go ahead and just 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 handcuff the <laughs> PS5 for yourself, right? Uh, my wife's gonna be like, well, they have a Switch, they have an Xbox One, they don't need a PS4. <laughs> we got a lot of game systems in this house. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any other outside hobbies, interests, things you kind of do for funsies, just around just the general? outside of gaming yeah i mean basketball is something that you know i've done all my life i played basketball you know for a very very long time i even coached it uh aau out here in the uh the northwest suburbs i was a aau coach for what eight years while still working at at the game studio so uh you know it's that's that's really been a way that uh you know it's been kind of like my my break away from everything is to be able to just go to a court and, and play against somebody, play against someone, or or shoot around, or uh, you know play in in the old man leagues now. <laughs> but yeah, as right. far as like going to the leagues that I was in and getting out with a bunch of different people and playing, I, I've kind of put that on pause for the time being. But oh, yeah. but but basketball has always been like my my other my other passion, um, other than just doing my own artwork when I can. Speaking of which, have you watched any of the NBA games lately? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I've been watching the playoffs and things like that, and you know, I'm I'm loving you know um, what's what's happening, you know, with with the NBA right now. I I definitely re, uh, respect and appreciate them, uh, you know, protesting and and refusing to play for the right. few days they did and drawing attention to Black Lives Matter and you know just the just just what's going on in, in our country that we need to just take a good good look at, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm 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 all in on the playoffs. You know, I'm all in uh, for what's been going on in the NBA. Yeah, I just find it crazy that they're they're sheltering everybody in Orlando and just playing there. But you know, you do what you got to do. Yeah, I think the bubble has really worked well um, and stuff, and and having zero, um, you know, positive tests and things like that. I mean, I I think that that's great. Yeah, and it, it's kind of a bold move to you know still get everybody together and and play in a professional level when so many other uh, sports type leagues, I won't say actual sports, uh, but the other uh, public events like F1 and NASCAR had all gone virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's funny, like the virtual, and, and when you say that, I'm thinking about like the virtual fans uh, in the NBA games. <laughs> And yeah, it's cool on the screens back there and stuff like that. That's really cool. But uh, but yeah, uh, along with all this, we want to thank you so much, Roosevelt, for joining us tonight. Uh, where could people find you? Uh, you know, what? I'm I keep a very low uh, profile, so I don't have a I don't have a website and I and I, I don't really put, uh, you know, any Facebook or Twitter. I don't really use a lot of that stuff. I, I have it, but I don't really use it, follow any of it. So. Uh, I'm just going to be a low-profile person with the with all of the uh, social media and stuff. Keep it off the grid. Yeah, I'm staying off the grid. I'm off the grid. That's good. What if we uh, we shout out? Uh, where is it? I have it up here. Hold on. Uh, Marwin, 
Yeah, you could you could definitely shout out Marwin.org and as far as like high voltage, you can you can check out our, our company uh, website at highvoltage.com. Perfect. And then uh, Marwin is M A R W E N dot org. Yes. Awesome. And then it, for sure. those that are interested in, you know, pursuing game art, you know, you can also, you know, check out the uh, the programs at uh, Columbia College Chicago. Awesome. Well, thanks again. This has been uh, a lot of fun and it was, it was nice to finally get this, you know, up and going and uh, have a chat with you and, you know, you know, talk to some of the, you know, the programmers or programmers, artists, anybody in the industry that we have access to and especially someone so local to us. Yes, no problem. Um, thank, thank you all for having me. Appreciate it. Anytime. All right. Uh, GG Roosevelt. GG Alex. GG Roosevelt. GG. All right. Not everybody. Bye. All right.